Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters for the Game Boy. Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters was developed by Toze and Nintendo and published by Nintendo in North America on November 5th of 1991 in PAL territories in May of 1992. Hey, right on the heels there. Yes, and in Japan in February of 2012. Whoa, really? They never got it. They never got it. Not until it was on the virtual console. No kidding. And so for once, all of our friends over there in the PAL territories, <laughs> you actually got a game before Japan. Yeah, from Nintendo, even. By leaps and bounds. And it not being published in Japan makes it one of the very, very few games that was developed uh, partially in-house and published by Nintendo and then never released in Japan. Now, this game is a direct sequel to Kid Icarus for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, in fact, I thought it was just called Kid Icarus 2 until but, we started looking into it. So, <laughs> Indeed. It's quite the epic subtitle for the sequel. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know if you could tell by my hissing, but on the title screen, the S's are made of little snakes, so it's pretty cool. That is cool. <laughs> and it's also interesting that Tose did some of the work on this game for Nintendo. Yeah, they, they've done quite a few other things, right? Like They're a game development studio who's basically a work-for-hire studio. Right. They just work for other publishers and make games that are brought to them, or they uh, repurpose them. Uh, they're often uncredited, so they're known as a ghost developer. Right on. Uh, but they did develop games for the NES, such as uh, Choplifter, Bases Loaded, Muscle. Mm, okay. I've heard the name crop up quite a few times, but I've never really sat down and looked into them. So yeah. I, I've never been able to get a feel of whether they're like good guys or bad guys. <laughs> they're like mediocre to bad guys. Mm, with right on. a few good in there as well. Yeah, I mean, then they went on to create games for... The Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, the DS, uh, PlayStation 1, 2, 3, 3DS, you name it. Still in it, man. Still in the game. But they're also really well known for doing all of the Game & Watch gallery games Oh, okay. for Nintendo. Where they recreated all of the original Game & Watch classics and sometimes updated them a little bit. And they were out on Game Boy and possibly the very end Game Boy Advance. Okay. But there's at least three or four for the Game Boy, I know. I see. Yeah, I've never crossed paths with those bad boys. I have all the Game Boy ones. Okay. I, I just found that when my son was super little and just starting to play oh. games, like three or so, that was a great entry Yeah, yeah. on Make, the original Game Boy. Makes sense. They also did the Starfy game, which isn't uh, super popular or well-known, but it is an awesome little side-scrolling platformer. Okay. And it's super popular in my house. I said, okay, I, I've, never, I've never played that either, but maybe I should check it out. You totally should. So, Nick, what kind of game is Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters? Well, Eric, it is a side-scrolling platformer. You know, you got a little bit of exploration elements in, but it's, you know, pretty close to the original Kid Icarus for NES. Yes, it is, but improved in, in some subtle and some major ways. Yeah, definitely. Now, as Kid Icarus, or Pit, as he is uh, named, right, right, you can jump. Yeah, um, and it's a... Uh, little weird but faithful to the original in that way 
Yes, but now the jump is improved. Because once you jump, you can tap your jump button and you will flutter. Yeah, your your little wings go to work a, a little bit and it you know allows you to float and kind of glide a little uh, similar to the raccoon tail in uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. Very much so. So that alone really opens up uh, this game and makes a lot of the platforming in it a little easier. Oh, for sure. And um, in addition to that, as far as platforming is concerned, you are no longer victim to falling deaths. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the vertical stages, you know? Well, because now the screen, it scrolls in all four directions, not just up or left, right. Right, right. So that is super awesome. But back to controls, because I do want to talk about that a lot more later. Gotcha. Pitt has his standard moveset from the original. Right, you've got your uh, your bow, and you have the three-directional shooting with that. Which, again, always love the fact that you can shoot upwards as well as left and right. Yeah, oh, it's a big bonus, man. And, and definitely needed in this game, because just like the first one, you're going to be dealing with a lot of enemies that come downward from the top of the screen. Mm-hmm. And and also, that's still, it. just like in the first one, you can use the aiming upward to stop you from sliding on ice or... You know, because there's still that little slippiness in your controls. Yeah. And then Pitt can also duck. He is not just all about jumping. He mm-hmm. can duck and dodge things by ducking. Yeah, yeah. And you also have ladders. You can climb, you know, up and down just like you would. But once you're on those ladders, there's no shooting. Right, right. But you can jump and then get right away. Yeah. yeah, that's the way to do it, too. <laughs> now, uh, in this game, when you pause it, it's actually like you have to, you press pause or press start and it will stop all the action. Yes. And while you're, and then if you press start again, you'll go to the sub menu. Mm-hmm. But in the first instance, like if you press uh, start once, then you can kind of scroll the screen around to look ahead and around. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know it till after I had <laughs> finished the game, but uh, that's kind of cool, I guess. I, I didn't really need it, I, I suppose. But hmm. And while you mention it, the pause menu or that sub screen that shows what your health is and whatnot is very valuable and very interesting because those stats are not displayed during your normal play yeah that's true you only get your life bar and heart totals i believe but mm-hmm. so to find out any like keys you have or right. items or <laughs> yeah. any of the other stuff it is all in that sub menu sure also in that sub menu you're going to find the various items you've bought or collected yeah and there are quite a few you know and i think all of them return from the original yeah yeah so we'll go over them again pretty briefly but you have uh the water barrel yeah which Maybe the most important one, mm-hmm. because uh, it allows you to carry multiple bottles of water of life. Yeah, yeah. And you buy those, uh, but then there is the water of life, as you mentioned. If your life is depleted, each barrel will restore one block of life on your life meter. So, you know, if you get killed, it'll just bring you right back. Yeah, yes. It's pretty awesome. Kind of like fairies in Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. So the water of life is also found in levels sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and... Usually that's going to be in the form of the goblet or the chalice. Mm-hmm. And um, the goblet, I believe, is the smallest. That mm-hmm. will give you, I think, a, about a quarter of a, a block of life. Yeah. And the chalice is a full block as well. Yes. And I relied on those a lot. Yeah. Well, I think they spawn a lot more than they did in the previous Kid Icarus. Yeah. You know? And they can be found in breakable items mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. lot. Also in the levels, you will find the harp. Yeah, um, and just like in uh, the previous game, this these will turn enemies into hammers. Yes, but unlike the previous game, you can now chase them down. So they're much easier to get right. all of them. Well, And there's more than like two of them. They're, they're pretty frequent now. You see yeah. quite a few harps. It's nice. 
It is very nice. And what do you do with those, Nick? Those hammers? Uh, well, the hammers um, will break statues uh, of the centurions that mm-hmm. are similar to uh, Kid Icarus 1, but now they have a different function. Yeah, they also will break uh, certain big blocks you'll find yeah, all yeah. throughout, not only the dungeon worlds, but even in some of the normal worlds. Yeah, and the and the centurion, you know, blocks, statues themselves don't, you know, they don't add up to this total, you know, like before you would get your little cloud of men that would help right. you fight bosses. They don't do that anymore. It's mostly just health hit, in them. Yeah, health and hidden passages kind of mm-hmm. sometimes. But hopefully health. Yeah, yeah. And then there is an item I think we only find once, and that is the feather. Right, yeah. And uh, that allows you to fly mm-hmm. for a short period of time unfettered. You know, you can just tap a, tap that button and fly away. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, then there is uh, the other kind of odd, very anachronistic item that returns from the first one, and that is the credit card. Yeah, uh, you can get the credit card and buy uh, items on in credit, essentially, you, yes. from the black market only, though, I believe. And you're buying all of these items with hearts. Yes, yes. Just and like the first one. Hearts drop from enemies. Yeah, you can get, um, there's the small heart, which is worth one. There's the half large heart, which is worth five. And the whole large heart is worth ten. Yes. Uh, you can also sometimes buy keys, correct? Yeah, and uh, which is kind of new, I think. Uh, it's pretty cool. I, I didn't really do it, but you can use them to re-enter doors that you've already Yes. Pass through, which is awesome. And then once per level, there is a very special key, the Palutina's key. Yeah, this one lets you, uh, lets you opens all the doors again, right, mm-hmm. in the whole level? It's basically your easy way out. Yeah, I never saw this thing. Uh, well, you have to have entered every door in the level, and then there's a centurion you must smash outside the final room. Right, so it's like extra hidden. But, I mean, I guess it's worth it, but no, I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> right. You know, uh, but you can find a map that definitely makes it easier to get out. Oh, yeah, and the fortresses, yeah. And those will uh, give you a map of the fortress. Uh, you kind of need the next two items to use that map well. There is <laughs> the torch. Yeah, and that illuminates your presence on the map. Yeah, so you know where you are on it. And then there's the pencil, and that marks where you've been on the map. Yep. Which is pretty amazing that that was all ported over to the Game Boy. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, they, they got just about everything, really, from the first game. <laughs> Now, the other thing that returns from the first one, which is still a bit obtuse, is the leveling system. Right, yeah. You uh, accumulate your score at certain intervals in between levels. You'll see, I guess, Zeus up there, and you know he'll tell you you've earned enough points, good job, and you get another block of life added on. Empty, I might add. Yeah, that is a big bummer. Now, you said you get that in between levels, but you also encounter Zeus a few times in levels. Yeah, and... Different kinds of rooms, actually. There's two. Yeah, because there's um, the rooms that return and all new rooms that are going to be peppered throughout the standard stages. Right. So, like we said, there are two new Zeus rooms. Yeah, there's, well, there's the one where he will, I'm guessing this is a a score function as well, but if you're at a certain milestone or whatever, he'll give you another power arrow, of which you can have up to eight, and that's just the strength of your bow, and it increases incrementally. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's very handy. Very handy indeed. And these, like... You get them a lot, like it's, uh, you know, no pun intended, pretty empowering because I kept finding them like, all right, man, now I'm really going to, you know, kill these guys. Like, I'm, I'm not worried at all. Yeah, I feel like it's much better paced in this one, the progression. Yeah, yeah. Still uh, confusing as to why it happens, but at least yeah. you get it more often. Yeah, I don't I don't recall ever coming into an empty one of those and not getting it. So right. maybe, yeah. maybe you just have to be there. Yeah, yeah. And then 
On top of that, there is the Zeus uh, training room. Yes. This is uh, back again where all the monoliths will fly at you from all directions. And this is um, very impressive for the Game Boy, the amount of these monoliths flying around on the screen. Absolutely, yeah. And no slowdown. No, and they they don't take it easy on you either. No, they don't. But uh, if (laughs) you got to last it out. uh, And it's not like in the first one, I remember there was in certain training rooms, you could just stand on top of the door. Yeah. And you'd be semi-safe, but not here, man. you got to earn it. You do. But what do you earn if you make it through? Well, one of the three magic items that you get to use. Yeah. All familiar faces. You get the the fire arrow Mm -hmm. back from the first ones. Uh, The longbow. Yes. These are all very self-explanatory. Yeah. The shot is on fire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Uh, The the arrow shoots further. Yeah. And uh, and the protective crystals. Which, okay, it's not self-explanatory, but you have two orbs of fire that just float around you. Yeah, and they will hurt enemies and protect you. They're pretty awesome, actually, later on in the game. Yeah. Now, unlike the first one, um, you can now use these uh, immediately and in dungeons. Yes. Pretty awesome. Again, I, spoil, I don't want to spoil here the ending of the show, <laughs> but I was really surprised at how many improvements were made on the original game, not just, you know, shortcuts that they had to make for the Game Boy. Right, yeah. The downside of these is that there's now a life block requirement for each of these. Yes. So even if you get them, you can't activate them until you have enough health. Yeah. The fire arrow will only function if you have two full blocks of life. The longbow, three blocks. And the protective crystal, four. Yeah. And if you're me, you grow for that crystal the first time because you're like, I remember this from the first one. It was the best. And then you only have two blocks of life anyway, so you're oh. not even using it till <laughs> way later. I was... Ouch. Bad move on my part. So those aren't the only rooms you're going to find, though. There are some returning favorites, like the shop. And the shop, you know, offers three items for sale. But unlike the first one now, if you just wait, the you know, the shop will change their selection. Yeah. And it'll it'll keep doing it, and you can buy multiple items that way. So it's Multiple uh, of the same item. It's it's awesome. I right. bought a ton of hammers. Yeah, th- yes. That's what you got to do. And uh, buy, buy all the hammers, because you can use those hammers to get health back in... The dungeons. Yes, and in the first one, hammers weren't as common, and they only helped give you those centurion soldiers, so it wasn't right. that great. But here, they're a valuable part of keeping yourself alive. They are, because you can often, in the very harder levels, use those hammers to find new doors. And most often, those doors will take you to our next kind of room, the spa. Yes, the hot springs will restore your life. And it's uh, pretty important because, you know... Even if you have the hammers, you, it's easy to take a lot of damage in this game. Oh, definitely. You'll also find bat chambers in your standard levels. Yeah, these are just rooms full of bats that you have to fight. Uh, mm-hmm. There used to be those, well, I don't remember what they're called, but those, you know, they had a similar room in the previous one. They yeah. basically serve, you can kill some guys and get some hearts in here. Yes, and then you'll also have rooms that have treasure chests, just like the first one. Oh, right, yeah. And... Again, every time you shoot a chest, as long as it does not have the little creature in it. The god of poverty. You will be, uh, you can keep shooting more chests. Yeah, um, and it does, much like the first one, it charges you a heart premium when you go into the room. So you kind of got to earn your way back out. Mm -hmm. But Um, there is still a way to cheat. There is, but it looked way more complicated, so I didn't mess with it. It it definitely is. I messed with it a little bit, and I could usually kind of get a couple, no problem. Yeah, I, 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 I got one and got a credit card completely by chance. Nice. So that was my only exploit. 
And then in the fortresses, there is a very special room that returns, and that is the hospital. Yes, this will uh, remove the curse of the eggplant from you, which is back, baby. Yes, the eggplant wizard, if he hits you, you turn into an eggplant with shoes, and you cannot attack or do anything but jump, and you must find that hospital to be restored to your normal self. Yes. So in this game, you have your health bar that increases, you have hearts that can refill your health, but there are also lives, and you start the game with, I think, two Mm -hmm. lives in reserve. Yeah. Do you find more lives? No. I don't remember I that. don't think so. I, it's kind of a weird, doesn't really need to be here because after every level, you can now save. Yes, and what an amazing feature that is that really is another wonderful quality of life feature that makes this game a lot more playable. Yeah, you. I mean, I think you can only have one game per, saved at per cartridge, cartridge, but it's still leaps and bounds better, you know? Oh, definitely. Now, Nick, this is a Nintendo game published, and yes. it is introducing some new concepts. I'm hoping that it had a pretty nice manual to go along. It does. It's a really good manual, actually. Um, it's 34 pages, Ooh. full color. I think of 22 as the, the standard. Somewhere around there, yeah, yeah. But this um, And this one's got a ton of uh, screenshots and you know full-color character art that looks great. It's really cartoony, anime-style. So this is a Game Boy manual that has full-color. Yeah, it's kind of ironic, but... Interesting. Yeah. Um, and uh, you get uh, your story is uh, pretty basic. You have uh, Palutina had a bad dream and uh, of coming doom. And so Pitt has to gather the three sacred treasures to protect Angel Land from the mysterious Orcos. Orco? It, well, not that one. <laughs> oh. But um, really, the game is more of like your training. Yes. To get ready for the big thing. The big fight. Yes. Um, it has a cool uh, guide to Angel Land, which is like a cross-sectional map, kind of like in between Okay. Uh, Ghosts and Goblins levels, if you will. Um, it explains all of the items with screenshots and art of them. Okay. And the same thing with all of the enemies. Nice. And all of the uh, like characters you meet, like one of which is Don. He's the guy with the hat who gives you hints sometimes. Okay. So you get to meet Don here. It's pretty cool. It does give you, it gives you some hints. It talks about the secret points, which I think is what determines the treasures, you know, the super treasures, sacred treasures you get at the very end. Oh, yes. Because sometimes it'll vary when you get there. So it gives you some hints about that. It tells you to use hammers a lot. It explains how uh, black markets and stuff work. But it does give you a cool hint because it says to use the eggplant curse to go through certain, like, holes and stuff. Because there are certain things in the levels built in that are, like, shortcuts. Where if you're an eggplant, you can squeeze through. And oh. it's something I noticed, and they actually called it out here. So I thought that that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. But, yeah, all in all, a uh, pretty solid uh Manual, I recommend checking out the art, and, uh, you know, it's even got a few hints, so you could you could do way worse, especially on the Game Boy. Yeah, sounds pretty, pretty darn amazing. Well, Nick, what was your personal history with Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters? Um, I didn't have one until recently. How about you? Uh, same. I did not even know it existed in my childhood. I mean, I, I kind of knew of its existence, but it was not anywhere on my radar. No one I knew had it. I was not into the scene of renting Game Boy games. They were hard right. to find at rental places. So Sure, yeah. 
yeah, I never came across it at all. So it was just, this was a new one, but I'd always heard good stuff kind of on the yeah. internet and such. And then, so what was your more recent experience with this Game Boy game? Um, I, I beat this game and only a few plays. I, I was very pleasantly surprised. Agreed. I, I only played it twice. Yeah, yeah. Well, partially because I, I didn't want to stop playing. I right, right. Re- really into it. Yeah, it's a, it's a really fun game. Yeah, so um, I beat this game. I could not find a copy of it locally. So I you know, <laughs> normally try to at least play the Game Boy games on right, my Game right. Boy, but no, no luck. Uh, so I did save state instead of using the uh, save file right, just right. out of convenience, but it wasn't really necessary. Yeah, I mean, I, I never felt the need to save state in mid-level, right. you know, because it's, I don't know, it's just fun and easy. I guess. Yeah, it is not, not nearly as hard as the first one. No, no. Nick, here we are in the general chat portion of the show, and I would just like to start by saying that the four-way scrolling, the float, they are all so nice and really make this game a step above and beyond the original. Yeah, it's uh, it's a rare thing to say where a game is actually surpasses the original in the Game Boy version, you know? It does in almost every way. Yeah. I, but I... there is one major sticking point for me. Uh-oh. What is it? And that is the boss fights. Oh yeah, the never, mm-hmm. never ending. They are boss very fights. long. <laughs> that is, I guess, is faithful to the first one in that way. Unfortunately, yeah, they drag on so incredibly long, and they're only one of them or two of them are really challenging. Yeah, they're barely. Yeah, it really is just a like five minute war of attrition. <laughs> yeah, and five minutes is really no joke. I mean, they are all like three or four, sometimes even five minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> but again, that is the worst part of the game. The best part is that they've really expanded on the Kid Icarus formula in very subtle ways across the board. Yeah, well, I, it's it's like they went through a checklist of the things I didn't like about the first game and fixed pretty much all of them. I know, agreed. Uh, the fact that, you know, there was those inadvertent pit deaths by accidentally scrolling up just a little too much on a platform. Yeah, or, I mean, even the pit deaths at all. I mean, they're taking them away in a way makes it more frustrating because you fall down and you got to do it over, you know. Yeah. But it's it's feels more fair, so it works out excellently. And then since you have that flutter jump, that glide, once you're in your air, it does make it so much easier to get around. You know, there's, even on the slippery things, not not that scariness that I'm going to miss it and die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the, you know, uh, that ties in with the lack of falling deaths because you're not so afraid to attempt jumps now. Yes. Because, you, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You, you can make it. Now, one of the other uh, minor quibbles is the fact that they chose to go with large sprites very faithful sprites to the nes that's true and i'm typically pretty harsh on that but yes i think it works here because the screen moves so smoothly in all directions with your character that you don't feel cramped yeah and you know they have a different uh, conceit kind of where in the original it was you know what your field of view is one screen wide and you're going up yeah and when you leave on the right you come back on the left but here it's it's more zoomed in around your character and it kind of floats in between. You never see a border that you break. Yes. So it makes the levels feel way bigger than they are. Yes, indeed. And I was really impressed at the smoothness of all of that movement. You know, it, it just seems to work just right. Yeah. And I mean, you see a lot of enemies on there and it never really seems to slow down. I feel like they did a good job of 
altering some of the attack patterns of enemies to deal with the fact that you can't see as far. Like, it never felt unfair in that way that it normally does. Yeah, you're not rushed by things that sometimes, uh, and that happens a lot in games where you're using these big sprites. And, you know, the thing is, is these sprites are gorgeous. Yes, they are. For, you know, uh, three colors, they're great. I mean, it's amazing. It looks better than the NES sprite, you know? Yeah, there's definitely more character to things. It's an almost cartoonier vibe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then there is the music. Yeah, it's um with the I think the theme song yeah. is a little weird. The opening credit song. You it, heard that at the very beginning of the show. Yeah, it gave me kind of a weird vibe at first, but I really love the music in this game. And especially the fact that you can listen to it stereo. That always is a yeah. huge boon for the Game Boy games. And it's, you know, it has a more it's kind of a whimsical, kind of reminds me of like Monster Boyish music theme, you know. Definitely. And then it's uh in credits music. Is I think uh, similar to the very original ones. Yeah, like a re- but it, reprise. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I am musically dumb, so I will. Me too. I... Uh, but it <laughs> is awesome. It's an awesome version of it, and I I do love the noises, the sound effects of the Game Boy. So through that lens, it's an awesome version of that song. Yeah, and I mean, we kind of talked about you know the hammers. Like it's a much bigger deal in this game, and it really lends a nice explorative sheen on this you know definitely i opted to spend most of my money on hammers i uh, it's the way to do it um i didn't at first until i finally got my barrel but i bought it with my credit card so but yeah there's just so many of the you know they give you the immediate reward of life and sometimes you find hidden doors or passages and at least towards the end of the game when you see them more frequently you can start to scout out like Oh, yeah. You're like, that's a fake wall. That's got to be. And then eventually, you know, there are, I think, three secret spas or uh, hot baths in the final level. Yeah, well, but you will need them, too. Yeah, definitely. But again, you can never have too many hammers. That's that just goes without saying, because if you're not finding a doorway, it's always going to be at least health. Right. Well, and now you're not limited to you. I went to a shop. I can buy one hammer. Right. Or a bottle of life, you can just keep going and get as many hammers, or you can get both. Like, it's not a, you know, one-on-one, one-for-one choice. Yeah, and it really is interesting that just a few small changes like that really open the game up and make it feel so much bigger. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the part of the show where we take a game level by level. And how many levels are in this Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters, Nick? There are lucky number 13 levels. And that includes the fortresses. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, you have the underworld levels, one through four, you know, the fourth one being the fortress, and that's vertically going up to the surface. Then you have the overworld levels where you'll be, you know, more left to right scrolling. Yeah, much like the first one. They are telling a story through the levels of how you are traversing the lands to get to your final destination. Yeah, which is the Sky Palace. So you take the sky tower or whatever up you know for the levels three one through three four and then you do battle with the boss yeah and again i really like that attention to detail um it makes it really feel like a full adventure like a quest and i think it's cool and kind of distinctive of the kid icarus franchise in that you know two of your three real levels are vertical levels yeah you know it plays into those wings on your back yeah as it should good job good job tose so as you mentioned, the very first levels are in the underworld. And in these levels, uh, starting with the very first one, you're going to see a lot of very familiar faces. Yeah, the snake pots are there generating four snakes at a time. 
the Grim Reaper returns. Yep, and they operate the same, although they're not as big a pain in the butt, now, I don't think. The small Reapers that fly around it, the large one, or, or summoned by it, I mean, are definitely easier to take out. They don't move in such erratic patterns, and they're a little slower, I feel. Yeah, and... You level your strength arrows up pretty quickly in this game. Yes. Not so much as like in the first one. So the the Grim Reapers themselves soon become two-hit enemies that are no big whoop. Yeah. And there's a bunch of those uh, Cyclops skulls. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Those are uh, very similar to the mono-eye enemies from the first one. But I've always found that these guys, like, I couldn't get near them. Like They were always, like, not even a threat to me. Like, I would see them come on and try to line up to kill them and get hearts, but it, it seemed harder than just avoiding them. Yeah, they just fly in a very erratic pattern and usually right off your screen. So we'll briefly go through each level here. And with 1-1, you know, it is the introductory level. It gets you used to the, the new concepts and movement. You'll yeah. find yourself a shop. Yeah, there's... Um... I mean, you'll see your first bat room here. You know, there'll be a couple of them, I believe. Uh, it introduces you to different types of platforms. The stone ones you can't jump through. Yeah. As opposed to the cloud ones you can. And you just keep moving, uh, you know, vertically the whole time. There's some treasure rooms and, and stuff, but nothing too crazy here. No. And, you know, you just go through your door to 1-2. Um, I don't think I got any power-ups in 1-1. One, one. I'm not sure if you can get an arrow there yet or not. but I did not. I'm pretty sure there's one in 1-2. One, mm-hmm. Similar thing. Now you see more like stone and bricks as opposed to the cave-ish, yeah, natural underworld. Yeah, this is where I mean, you definitely start seeing um, the. There's a lot of poison water around in yes. those like brambles or spikes on the sides of platforms. Yeah, and that is going to be one of your chief hazards that you'll see throughout the rest of the game. Yep. Yeah, they like if it's not the brambles, it's those like triangular thorns sticking out too that are also same deal just avoid them at all cost and it's really all just based around that uh floating mechanic because there are a lot of times you're going to have to float in between some tight areas yeah this is where um you can see i think this is your first training center too okay and this is where i got it man protective crystal nice in the very second level i would recommend uh instead of that protective crystal you probably want to go with whatever is the two I think that's, yeah, the, the fire arrow. Like, fire arrow. It definitely encourages you to take them in order, so yeah. uh, you should. And then uh, level three, thematically, does it does mix it up a little bit more. Yeah, you get, um, this is more platform heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a lot more jumping going on. Um, and there is a guy you will see, I think Don will give you a clue about a hidden door above the uh, entrance. Yes. So it's, I don't know if it's worth it. It's a hot spring, but if you don't know the clue ahead of time, it's like Going, at the end of the level. Right. So it would be horrible to backtrack, but it's yeah. there for the next playthrough. But I think it's cool that you can backtrack. That's another yeah, another advancement from the first one, you know? But yeah, and then you can move on to the fortress of the World 1-4. Yes. Which is pretty fun, I think. And as we said, these fortresses aren't exactly like the old ones. You know, you don't have to free the little dudes to help you at the end. Right. And they're not as big of a loop, I felt like. No, they are, um, they are a little tighter, I think, in design in a good yeah. way. And uh, it's, you know, for the most part, it's pretty straightforward. You do find the first area with the eggplant shortcut. Okay. There's, and there's of course, one you area. find your first eggplant wizards in here in this cas- in this fortress. Although they, for the most part, are almost adjacent to the hospitals. Like, they're almost always just one screen away or two. You know, you can get there to regenerate oh, right. pretty quick. But you uh, make your way through it, and you'll eventually find your way to the boss, the Minotaur. Yes, the mighty Minotaur. 
And the boss fights in this game are definitely uh, more dynamic than the last one because you're not stuck on one small screen. That's right. You, they're usually, what, like two full screens high? Yeah. With some platforms up there to move around. Um, this guy kind of looks like a minotaur, but doesn't really seem to behave like one. He no. will turn into a fireball and move at you. Yep. And then change back into his form and throw skulls at you. Yes, and he throws the skulls in kind of like a, a weird arc. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's like yeah. a, they f- more fall. It's like a lob. He's lobbing the <laughs> yeah, skulls out. Totally, yeah. Because they fall more in front of him and around him instead of, you know, straight ahead. And I found that, for me, it was very easy just to lure him up to the top and then fall and shoot him a whole bunch. Yeah. And avoid those skulls from the very bottom. When he came down, just rinse and repeat. Yeah. Um. I got very... Uh... The first time I got to him, I died. So when I came back, I made sure I was like, I'm full of life and I got some bottles. So yeah. I just went for, I would wait for him to appear on the bottom and then run up to him and just rapid fire and just okay. take the hit. Um, and I was able to beat him that way. Um, it's, he's not really that tough to beat, but it just takes so long that, I, and this was one of the times where I was like, he's not moving, so I can really gun him down. So yeah. I I'll mean, just take it, you know, if you have two, maybe th- definitely with three blocks of life, but I'm pretty sure I only had two, but you can do it. Kill him. I would rather do that because I think I did that loop um, hundreds of times. Yeah, if you're not trying to, if you just avoid him whenever he moves to the top areas, wait for him to land on the floor, you'll be good. Okay. So that's the lazy man's way. I think I might try that next time. And if you do defeat him, you are given a box. Yep. And you'll be able to open it one day, but that day is not today. It's kind of awkward. (laughs) But you do get to move on to the next level. You have emerged from the underworld to the overworld. Yes, World 2-1. We're scrolling horizontally now. Yes, for the most part. Yeah, and um, these levels are uh, my favorite in the game, mm-hmm. like, like before, but I really like them more now because each, you know, it's not just one screen that you're scrolling to the right on. You yeah. get some vertical leeway, too, to explore. Yes, definitely, and they really play up the various scenes you're in. So in World 1-1... One, one, yeah, you're, like, out that's, like, you're in some, like, like there's grass with mm-hmm. occasional, like, brick floors and stuff, Uh You'll see a lot of those foot enemies coming from the ceiling. I yes. think they're called big toes. Oh. And the globes that come up from the bottom. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and, and then as you progress through to, especially in World 2-2, is where you'll start seeing lots of the platforms where you have the spikes on the side. And those, yes. they're like cliff backgrounds that look a lot like Mario 2. I don't know. Oh, now that you say it, I, I do see that. But I, it definitely is like you are... Making your way from the plains land or the more barren areas into civilization. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. And then you carry that theme all the way into World 2-3. You see, like, this is where you'll start seeing trees and a lot of those, like, crystal platforms moving up and down that you have to jump on and, you know, moving stuff. Uh, You know, same enemies, but, you know, they're coming at you heavier and harder now. They are, but again, I would never really felt overwhelmed at this point. Right, no. And, I mean... We're not even writing down or mentioning these because you're getting arrow power-ups almost every level, at least, and, and, you know, life-ups. Like, I really loved the way it just seemed to keep throwing power-ups at me. Yeah, and I was never hurting for hammers or shops because there were so many shops. And the fact you can spend all the money you get whenever you find a shop, you you can empty your your wallet no problem yeah i mean that being said i did i really love to do another pass through because i didn't really explore hard i just kind of blundered my way through and still seemed to do all right enough to beat the game but yeah yeah 
And then uh, if you do make it, you're basically working your way into the crystalline world of that palace, the tower. Yeah. And then at the end, you do get to your second fortress, which is the beginning of the crystal palace. Palace, tower, <laughs> who knows which one it is. Some construction of medieval type. But um, this uh, fortress is where you'll see a lot of those like big spike pylons. Oh, yeah. make their appearance, reappearance here. Yeah, and they're pretty frightening. But again, the float mechanic. Yeah, and they move so slow anyways that you should be fine. I, I don't think, you know, you can take a little damage. It's not as frightening as it used to be to get hurt because you seem to get a lot more life. I don't know. Well, it's because if you have the hammers, you can find lots of life throughout the levels or throughout the fortresses mm-hmm. and even springs. Yeah, yeah, totally. I wasn't as scared of every single new room I entered. Right, yeah, it's in a good way. But yeah, the boss here is the dreaded skull wing. Yes, the dreaded skull wing. Yeah, just, uh, you know, it's a similar room as before uh, with the Minotaur. But uh, this thing just kind of flies around and drops flames on the floor. Yeah, and it also shoots uh, a ball of flame, doesn't it? Uh, maybe I, I don't remember direction. I, I would always just try to get it under above me and keep shooting it up. I followed it yes. from underneath, and, and it seemed to do pretty okay. easy to avoid the flame that drops because it'll drop, hit that level, and then spread. Yeah, but I mean, you have plenty of time to not be on that level. Absolutely, and this guy, I mean, it moves very slow. It's it's really just a boring battle, to be honest. Again, yes, just very very long. But if you can, you know, wait it out, hit him when you can, you will eventually defeat the dreaded skull wing. Yes, and you can move on uh, to... Well, you get a box first. Oh, that's true. Second box. Who knows? Who knows what's in? Then, Nick. Then you can move on to World 3-1. And now you are back on the ascent. Yes, a vertical level. Um, This is where you'll start seeing... Tons of the floors are clouds with the spike balls, like, at the end. Yeah. And, you know, hazards. So the jumps become a little trickier at this point. Uh, We do see the return of the Kometos, which are the Metroid clone things. Oh, yeah. Which, they look weird. They're kind of harder to tell since it's not color here, but Uh they're named that way in the manual. So I thought I'd point it out. But again, uh, even though you don't have much time to react, a lot of these flying creatures are a little slower in this one. So you, you do get that extra time. Yeah. And the same thing with World 3-2. You're climbing more, lots of clouds. Uh, you know, it's it gets pretty shootery, but by now you're slashing through guys with no worries. You probably have all three of the magic items by now, I hope. Oh, yeah. And then finally in World 3-3, you reach the peak of the platforminess of this stuff. You've got a lot of the crystal platforms that you have to hop on. You know, timing when you leave one to get on the other. And then there are like walls that will have, you know, spikes or whatever on the side. You have to keep going up and around, snaking through them, jumping in the parts where there are just those like big balls floating in the air. Yeah, that you must avoid. And again, this sounds really hard, but the addition of that float, Gives you the the ease and confidence you need to really tackle these moves. No, really, without a, a huge amount of uh, error. Yeah, they give you, and you know, it's a little mazy at points, but it never. Again, you don't have to worry about falling deaths, so it's easy to figure out and learn the way, the right way to go. Definitely. Now, at the top, you do get into a little more structure, and it mm-hmm. shows that you're getting close to that fortress. That's right. And when you enter this bad boy, you are in for a treat because it's a pretty big dungeon, man. It is real big. 
and you will start seeing new monsters. There's those jumping spiders that I find particularly annoying. Now, this is the only fortress I feel that you really need to have that map and the pencil and torch for. Which, uh, and another thing too, is that all of those items, there's at least one of them hidden in a centurion in that dungeon, but you can also buy them in the shop. Yeah. So you have two options. Well, take whatever option you can because you will want it in this huge place. Definitely. And uh, even more so when you get to the boss, the fire snake. Yes. This guy, I'm not a fan of. Okay, this is like a serpentine looking, you know, it's got a body made of balls. Of course. With a, with a snake face and it moves around. It kind of, you know, snakes around the room. But the problem is its movement is not, it's faster than the others. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a weird parabola. Yeah, it'll, it'll, yeah, you can kind of predict where it's going to go somewhat, uh-huh. um, you know, and all the time it's shooting these uh, triple spread fireballs out. Um, and that's the real hard part is avoiding those fireballs. Yeah, I, I wrote, I found, I got, I found a lucky, uh, a safe spot somehow. Yeah. But it, I can't recreate it really when I, I would go back and try where, you know, I think on the second platform up on the right, there's like a white pillar in the background. Uh-huh. And I found that standing like halfway off of it to the right, it would, it would, the snake would just keep coming up in the same diagonal pattern where it would always miss me with its fireballs and swoop huh. right above me. You must have, and it, it changes though, depending on your movement. So you must have I, got yeah. it right into that one I just, spot. I, yeah, I lucked into it, I guess, and stayed there because anytime I would try to do it, it would come in at slightly different angles. And, yeah. But I would still, I was still able to beat it that way because I was still dealing enough damage to where I would win the trading punches with it. Okay. So I, yeah, I don't know. Most of these bosses are just a, it's a true test of endurance. Indeed. This one did give me a little bit of trouble. Uh, I luckily I did beat him and I just wish I didn't waste the five minutes. <laughs> uh, it sounds like it could be a little easier if you're just willing to take some hits. I think that's the secret for most of them. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Now, once you have defeated this fire monster, you are given the third and final box. That's right. And then uh, you get to meet up with Palutina herself. Yes. And she awards you with the three treasures. Mm. I did not get all of them. Which ones did you get? I just got the Pegasus wing. Oh, I got the wings and the arrow. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what. I'm guessing that's the secret points, you know? So neither of us got the armor then. Right, right. And let's go over these. Uh, There's the wings. Which yeah. I think you have to get. Yeah, they are the best. You, you you would definitely need them in the next level because they allow you pretty much free flight. Yep. Um, it's awesome. And then there is the bow, which gives you the light arrow or whatever, and it basically lets you just rapid fire. Yeah, and you shoot like a beam. And it shoots all the way across the screen. It um, It's kind of like the bow from the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon, in my mind. All right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, And then you finally can get the magic armor, which will have all of your damage okay and then in the original game you just got all three of these for the final level right that's so that kind of caught me off guard where i was like oh wait i only got one (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's not cool and then you are thrown right into um well a side scrolling flying level much like the end of the first game right well orcos shows up and paralyzes and steals palutina that's true then then you were plunged into the final i like the way orcos looks yeah, he's, he's a classic little demon. Standard demon, like, but well done, I think. Agreed. Cloven hooves and all. And so this side-scrolling level, though, you're gonna in, you're going to be dealing with some new enemies. Yeah, some of my favorites, like Pythagoras himself. Yeah, watch out. He's throwing triangles, like you might imagine. It is pretty hilarious and awesome. I really like the. Uh, they're called shadow masks. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
that look like kind of like a Dao yin yang and well i thought they also remind me of the uh masks from mario 2 yeah yeah but then it's like if they'll be hanging there and you shoot them then they'll separate into two and attack you yeah pretty cool um this is a very big level so there this is the place you want as many hammers you can find because oh definitely and you also definitely want to have the protective crystal activated oh yeah oh yeah Uh, you're gonna it's gonna save my butt so many times now this is um has a lot of the maze parts where you're negotiating these like very uh thin walk or not walkways but flyways i guess you know in between rows of spikes and thorns pretty tough and as i mentioned i think there are at least three hidden rooms that are spas there are and and there are two more final training centers okay where you can use them to get whatever treasures you're missing, or you can get the armor, the light bow. Oh. Or the, yeah, I didn't realize it until I went back and played through from a, a save where I was trying to figure some stuff out. And I, you know, because I, I realized I got to the end and I was like, how did I get this light bow? I don't yeah. remember. I remember her only giving me that. So you can still get them in a training center. And they're easier than ever here because you can just fly at the top. Yeah. And all of the monoliths just circle around underneath you and you can just wait them out. Oh, that, that's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, all is not lost yet, guys. But this is a very difficult level, so this is really the hardest part of the game, as it should be. Yeah, and you're fully equipped, hopefully, so it's uh, it can be fun in a certain way where you're just up against a great challenge, but you're ready to kick its butt. And then at the very end of this level is, of course, the boss himself, Orkos, the man who started this entire game. Yes, this little jerk is... Uh, well, he looks the same as he did before. And I do like the fact that you go down a hallway of beheaded statues yeah. before you fight him. It's pretty cool. It is. And when you do fight him, it is, again, another long fight. Yeah, this he floats up and down and shoots. Um, he kind of follows you around and will shoot little spreads, but they're they're like a six or eight bullets. They're, yeah. they're much more than before. Yes, but I, you know they're not that fast. No, they're not too tough to, to really just stay out of the way, especially now, now that, that you're flying. Yeah, now that you can fly, I found his fight to be easier than the last one. Uh, just sure, yeah. long. Well, it's, yeah, I would try, try to fly up to the top and shoot him as I'm going up there. And then I found that falling down below him and just shooting straight up and as I slowly descend and kind of float, he would follow me down for a minute and I could get a, quite a few shots off before he attacked again. So that was my thing. And then once you've defeated this little demon, all is well. You've saved the world. Or have you, Nick? Oh, no. No, because you are treated to quite an amazing second form. Yeah, you get the, I guess, full form, full size form of Orcos. He's huge. Yes, uh, and a little confusing at first. Yeah, it's several screens tall, and you see him kind of stomp in the room. You can see his arm and his hand and his leg. He's kind of crouched. It's very much like a Castlevania later castlevania style boss i can you know? see that yeah yeah and he kicks you and tries to tail whip you yeah and he will do so indefinitely unless you're smart enough to fly up that's right you fly up and you can see his face you can shoot him in the face yes uh, that's where his weakness is um, and he will spit out like a energy ball that then if sometimes splits yeah when it hits the back wall it'll split into his spread but if he shoots it against the top of the screen yes. sometimes it will never hit something and it will never split that's the trick yeah yeah um, his tail he shoots a bunch of spikes out too in a wave that you can't avoid pretty easily if you yeah. stay on the top right and then there's also the bats he emits bats for a while mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not too tough but uh, again 
you're giving us so much room to play with that I thought this was easier than the first half. Yeah, it just takes a little while. Um, you just, you know, you stay up there like basically right in front of his face and just gun him when he comes back in the screen until you got to move. Yep. But it is visually impressive, especially on the Game Boy. Yeah, it, it looks really good. Again, you just stay in that face zone, you fire away, and eventually you will destroy this giant demon. And once you have destroyed him, you land, the heads have been returned to the statues. Yeah, yeah. And you are congratulated by Palutina. That's right. And then you go, uh, you get a little pit starts flying up, kind of fly hopping up between these different platforms with all of the enemies. You see all of the enemies. All the villainous cast. And then he just flies up and up and up into the sky. Yeah, and it plays the, you know, original theme song while you're doing it, and it's pretty sweet. Um, And then hilariously, you get to the very top, and there's a big goofy sun. Yes. That smiles at you, and your wings fall off, and you fly down, fall down to the earth. Yep. Super hilarious. What a wonderful and charming ending. And now it's time for the review portion of our show. And of course, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System, which has four categories, each category with a possible score from 0 to 5, starting with graphics and sound. Nick, I gave this a 4.5. As did I. Um, this game has, it looks great. It has a huge variety of sprites. They all are clear and look good. Yeah, they're a little bit big for my taste on the Game Boy, but I feel like they worked around it in every way to make up make them work yep uh it's uh quite a credit to the designers the the music's good uh it's catchy and fun uh, mm-hmm. interesting and it has its own feel yeah it's not um the best music in the world but it is definitely good it's never annoying it's never grating it mm-hmm. keeps mm-hmm. you in the mood yes and you know i don't know what more really you could expect from a game boy game you know <laughs> yeah exactly and i feel like that about almost all aspects of it i mean it really just knocks it out of the park on almost all levels. There's just a few enemies that are a little confusing. I'm not sure what they're supposed to be all the time. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, really, it this is a showcase for all of the things a Game Boy could do. Agreed. Next up is Play Control, which I gave a 4.0. I had 3.5, but I, I could see 4.0. I, I'm really trying to think of what more... I mean, it, it does so much right by giving you the flap does mm-hmm. does a big service to you and yes very uh, much so that to me is the greatest addition in this game it really handles so much better than the first one that, yeah, yeah and i feel like it's more responsive when you are switching between a horizontal and vertical aim yeah yeah you yeah, can I really can see that. shoot sideways and then up very quickly and then uh really the only thing that keeps it from being so good is it still has some of those quirks of the original where you have that weird slide in your mm-hmm. movement a bit yeah yeah i know what you mean but overall, I mean, this is very responsive, and it really shows that the Game Boy can, you know, reproduce the physics of certain games better than or just as well as the Nintendo. Absolutely. Now we have the challenge factor, Nick. What did you give this game? I gave it a 2.5. As did I. I feel like there's a lot of things going for this game that make it easier for you if you have a hard time. Yeah, it's, I mean... It does get a little tough towards the end, but mm-hmm. you've got you can explore your way out of it if you need. Yep, through future plays, you got to save. Yes, um, you, all of the play control. You've got rid of the the pit deaths and the, or other things like it. you can buy as many things as you need at a shop. There's many more ways to get health in the game. Really, so, I mean, I, yeah, it's it it takes all, almost all of the sting <laughs> out of the first game, you know. Yeah, all of the major hurdles that made that game so hard, especially in the first couple levels of the first one. 
you know, that is such a huge hurdle to get over to really be able to enjoy that game. Yeah. Are all erased in this one. Yeah, it's a nice smooth entry. And while it's not just a cakewalk, there are parts that are hard and there are, you know, the bosses do take a while. There's never a point in this game yeah. that I just felt like I was beating my head against anything. Sure, yeah. And our final category is theme and fun. I've got 4.5, but I might go up to 5. I don't know. I have 4.0. I really like this I game. I might go up to 5. Here's what I said. This game is almost better than the first in every way except for the boss fights. Yeah. Those are the only reason I wouldn't give it a 5.0 because I'm... those are just needlessly long and annoying. My only, yeah, my biggest gripe is that it's like I wanted to do more in these levels. I wanted to explore a little more, you know. Right. They gave you the first feelings of exploration, but they never went anywhere else with it. Like, I wish, I, I just wish there were more levels, I guess, but that's yeah. a good thing to want for a game. Yeah, that's a compliment in itself. Indeed. Um, this game is just a blast. I mean, I was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. I went into it thinking that this will be a Game Boy port. You know, I like Hedicarus, so it should be pretty good. Yeah. But I came out thinking that this is the superior Kid Icarus game. I am inclined to agree, sir. And I was really surprised with that. Yeah, me too. So, Nick, should you play this game? Yes, you should. Yes. Uh, I mean, we, we really, there's nothing else we can say about how much we like this game. And it really is better than the original game in almost every way. I mean, like I complain yeah. about the boss fights, but they're still doable. And the first one has crappy boss fights. Yeah. Like I was able to beat it in what, like a day? Like it really wasn't that hard to do once you just sat down and did it. You know, like it wasn't like the first one, which involves some like dedicated, like I got to beat this level and figure mm -hmm. out the best way. It's a fun game. To, it's very palatable and easy to pick up. And I did not mention it in the history, but I'm pretty sure this was re-released on the virtual console for... America as well. So okay, yeah. you should be able to get this on your 3DS or whatever, you know, and it's definitely a great mobile game. Take it one level at a time if you need, but it's always sure. fun. Yeah. Check it out. Next week's game will be the uncanny X-Men for the NES. <laughs> so find a copy of this game any way you can grab your controllers and attempt to play along friends. <laughs> That's right, and if you want to curse us out for picking that game, you can do so at uh, cartridgecommand at gmail.com, and we will take all the punishment. Yes, and you can also share any fond or not-so-fond memories with us on the Facebook at Cartridge Command. We're also on the Twitter at Cart Command, where we let you know when a new show drops. Please subscribe to the show on whatever device, service, or thing you listen to the show on. We are available, of course, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, you name it. Every we're, which way. We're on it. And uh, we appreciate it. And you get the show as soon as it airs. We are growing every week, and we love the fact that we're finding new listeners all over the country and all over the globe. So if you can share how much you like this with a friend or even a stranger, it yeah. helps us grow, and we really appreciate it. And get out there and meet some new people. And, of course, we appreciate those wonderful and fine folks to give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. They are awesome. They are so awesome. They provide all the hammers we need to break yes. through the podcasting statues. That's right. We'll break them all. And they make this show possible. Without them, we don't have any money for hosting, for gas, for equipment. Yeah. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts because we love doing this and you let us do this. So thank you so much. You're the best. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On!
Yeah, yeah. And <coughs> and it's <coughs> 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 no, okay, hold on. 